You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This is the 1st of October, which means the start of the fourth quarter, so it's time to look back at the third quarter of 2019, both internationally and locally, and throughout all asset classes with Liston Mainches, who's an economic, uh, financial and market analyst. Liston, you've been crunching the numbers, you've put them into all sorts of different spreadsheets, and overall, before we get into the semantics, what was the third quarter like? Well, in South Africa, uh, if you, and, and I think it's uh, particularly important to our listeners, uh, and we look at the all shares if it is, you know, the, the be all and end all. But unfortunately, it is an amalgamation of different uh, sub indices. But if we just look at that one for the month, uh, for the quarter to date, minus 5.8. Now, that's a little bit sore. But, you know, we've lived through minus 5.8s before. But what I think a lot of people missed is that the RAND weakened 7.7% in the month. Yes. And, you know, we're near, we're, even today, we're, we're nearing, you know, the highs for the year in terms of uh, RANDs per dollar. That's to say the weakest dollar we're, we're looking at. And essentially, if you look at the uh, third quarter of 2019, you will find that we were down mighty close to 12% in dollars. Now, that is pretty sore, I promise you. Mm. Uh, and people don't really realize, you know, what that means. Uh, if you put it in historical context, the worst third quarter we've seen, uh, I can't say forever, but certainly in, in this uh, millennium was uh, in 2009 when we dropped 22%. So this is only half as bad in dollars. But, you know, that was the global financial crisis. That was when the world was ending. That was all sorts of things. Now, again, you only have to lift your newspaper and you will find all sorts of awful headlines, you know, which would kind of lead you to the belief that, you know, uh, things are not going well. We hear about uh, various plans and we hear about various initiatives. Uh, we hear about meetings of the NEC. We have an uh, upcoming budget from Tito Mboweni when obviously a whole lot more will be made plain. But if you've seen any budget, you'll see this one too. It will be very short on detail, long on theory, short on detail. Let's move across to other uh, – well, in fact, no, let's let's go back to the quarter. There was one standout, as I mentioned, you know, between the, the, the different parts of the Orsha Index. The JC Gold was up 12.1% in, uh, in RAND. Mm. So, okay, that's only 5% up in dollars, but that's a lot better than the American markets, which were basically 1% up for the quarter. In fact, that was probably one of the better numbers that I can see on my screen anywhere in dollars. Yes, and year-to-date so, as well. If we just if we just go to the year-to-date, the gold index on the JSE Securities Exchange up nearly 65%, which is a good performance. Hasn't had a good, hasn't had a good start to the, the new quarter, but um, yeah, looking back, it, it's been one sort of shining light. Well, again, it's been for some time, uh, but again, if you go back three years, it's only really regained what it lost. So, I think all importantly, particularly in uh, the, the uh, resources sector, but particularly the precious metals, gold, platinums, uh, and uh, when I talk platinums, I mean platinum uh, group metals, because platinum hasn't been a standout, but both uh, palladium and rhodium have been. And if you were anywhere near those, you actually had quite a good quarter. You had quite a good year to date. You've had a very good year on year. In fact, you're doing uh, jolly well, thanks. 
But again, I think an awful lot of people missed it because they were watching the, the platinum price. But so again, you know, what, what can I say was worst and surprise of surprises, it was the uh, JSE Financial. Now, you would have thought round about now, uh, you know, we might have been getting over some of the worst. But, you know, there's all kinds of headwinds for the banking industry. And surprise of surprises, it's not actually bad debts. Uh, you know, it's new competition. Uh, it is uh, uh, various other, um, let's put it uh, bluntly, requirements on the financial sector that are dragging. And, of course, within that, you've got your insurance companies, which by and large tend to do their profits based to mark-to-market nowadays. And on mark-to-market, if the markets have done nothing, their profits have done very little. So it's no surprise to see that. As I said, the one that really does uh, either surprise or not surprise is what we call SA listed property, and which, by the way, has a fair number of uh, uh, items offshore in it anyway, but it is still plowing the depths that it got to, uh, you know, after the uh, 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 collapse of, of around about February, March last year. So there's been no recovery there. Stories of doom and gloom in that industry. And again, I read the various uh, uh, property company uh, or, or real estate investment trust uh, reports. And, you know, you, you cannot escape the fact that, unfortunately, you know, we've overbuilt in offices. There's pressure on those. Um, in, in a number of cases, you know, the, uh, the new buildings are not producing uh, uh, comparable rents. Uh, to the previous. So there's nothing to get excited about there. If we just move across, as I said, to the international markets. Yeah, pretty flat, actually. I'm just looking at these things now. Up 1.2% for the Dow Jones and the S&P. NASDAQ essentially flat with a 0.1% loss. FTSE down 0.2%. Really, really boring stuff, actually. The best, uh, the worst performer, the Hang Sang, obviously because of the troubles that have been going on now for 17 weeks. Otherwise, pretty muted stuff overseas, Liston. Well, pretty muted. But again, if you move to the year ago column, I think that one really, really tells a number of stories. And of course, we covered gold up 126% on a year ago. Uh, everything else is in single digits and uh, SA listed property down uh, 9.6. Remember, these are changes. They don't include the income. So it's not mm. quite as disastrous in the in the property sector. Uh, but if you go down that column, you will find one absolute standout, and that is a, a thing called the NZX50. Ah, one of your favourites. New Zealand Stock Exchange, yes. one of my favourites. And uh, again, uh, you know, you might say, what's special about New Zealand? And I can go into a lot of detail, but I won't on this programme. We haven't got time. No, we haven't. <laughs> uh, but uh, most certainly it has been, uh, you know, one of the standouts uh, for some time in hitting new high after new high when other markets have been uh, falling apart and doing things. So it's been rather kind, shall we say, to uh, people saving for their old age uh, in New Zealand. Very good. U.S. 10-year Treasury is another standout for me. Tell us about that. Uh, well, well, again, <laughs> you know, when, when, you, when you move from, uh, you know, a number like 2.4 to 1.8, it doesn't really move the needle much, but it, it's a massive change. <laughs> so I think, you know, kind of discard the... The, the, the numbers that the, of, the, of the changes, rather look at the absolute number, the U.S. 10-year Treasury now at 1.68, and it was 2.79, you know, uh, somewhere earlier this year. So that's a massive change. 
And in fact, I must take it on the chin, my uh, outlook for 2019, I said, this is the year in which uh, interest rates rise. You know, everything in the world is ro is rolling along. The American consumer's fine. Um, you would imagine that some for forces of uh, inflation will come back, and uh, naturally, you know, we'll have uh, higher interest rates. Bong, totally wrong. Yeah, you were <laughs> right in December because that was the outlook. But um, yeah, you have been wrong since then, as most people were. Listen, it's not just well, you. Well, again, I had I had most other things right, including how dismal things could be in South Africa. But again, just looking looking down that the other the other feature which has an impact all round has been the strength of the dollar against the euro, obviously against the pound. If you look at the rand against the pound, I say we're holding our own. And goodness me, isn't that fantastic when you hear the problems they've got? Yes. We're managing to hold on to where we are against the pound. I don't feel good about that. I don't know about you. No, 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 I really don't. <laughs> um, it's a, a pyrrhic victory, as they say. Listen, there's one piece of data. Just before I started this podcast with you, I spoke to a chap from ABSA about the ABSA PMI. And I don't know if you've seen the number, but it's at a 10-year low. And the point that we have to make there is that last time that it was at this level, i.e. just above 40, is when the world was enduring a rather a rather nasty economic time, the Great Recession, as it's become to be known. We've got a big problem in this country. We've got slowing global demand, or very weak domestic demand. They're both coming at, at exactly the wrong time. Yeah, well, I was at a conference, uh, not really a conference. Uh, it's a monthly meeting related to the United Nations Global Compact, uh, concentrating on the various sectors meeting or failing to meet or finding ways to meet the sustainable development goals set by the United Nations. Now, golly, that's a big mouthful. Okay, yes. there. But essentially, we had somebody from government and uh, a number of people in that particular area and industry. But the, from the government side, the question was, we have unemployment of uh, 30%. We have very low growth. And, you know, as the government, we really don't know uh, what we can do about this. And secondly, you know, we'd be only too delighted if people would come to us and tell us what the stumbling blocks are. Well, I hate to tell you, but I was not kind. Uh, I did it with a smile, but I said, actually, the government is the stumbling block. Mm. In 25 years, they haven't met one of their key performance indicators, which is called uh, unemployment, they promised to bring that down. We've had the NDP, we've had GEAR, we've had ESKI, so we've had the new NDP, we've had uh, whatever. Now we've got Tito's uh, whatever, and blow me down, we now have an economic advisory council of 18 luminaries. I don't know if you've seen that list, no. but I could identify five that I have actually had some uh, interaction with or have heard. The rest are academics, which is wonderful news. Mm. But uh, again, I just say, I don't think the academics are going to pull us out of this cot. But again, I went on further and I said, the biggest problem we have in this country is that the foreigners are running away. And it's not that they don't want to be here. We are just putting a hand in their face and telling them to get lost. Mm. This was not the best news to the party I was I was dealing with, but I have to be honest, and I'm saying nothing will change or can change until we have a foreigner-friendly set of policies. Yes. Now, if I tell you that is diametrically opposed 
to the policies at the ANC uh, major meetings uh, and a lot of the Marxist thinking uh, that I encounter when I deal with it. I just think we are into a situation where the ABSA PMI is at all-time lows, where every South African who I know who has money gets it offshore. I have no foreigner wanting to come and build a factory here or buy into industries here. We had one case, and that was Pepsi buying Pioneer. Mm. But for the rest, they look at it and they say, no thanks. We can go somewhere else. Uh, and, and sorry to rant, but uh, that's just me, especially at this time. It's uh, not, yeah, it's not a rant. It's a, it's a realistic uh, assessment of what's going on. Listen, are, we going to talk about, are we going to talk about the fourth quarter? <laughs> yes, of course we are. What's going to happen in the fourth quarter? Listen, I mean, you always keep your cards very close to your chest, but now you're independent. Well, you're currently independent. You can, you can spill the beans. What's going to happen? Oh, well, right. nobody knows. Let's put that as bluntly. But what we can say with absolute certainty is Brexit is a mess mm -hmm. and it is going to happen in this fourth quarter. I am convinced, as I sit here, that they are going to leave without a deal. Now, that is going to be ugly. Okay. And I predict not necessarily in this quarter, but within the foreseeable future of it, People will throw up their hands in horror who have been hoping, hoping there will be a deal. Yes, no, Boris said, Boris said, Boris said. Unfortunately, it's not Boris's call. It is the EU's call. There are 27 countries who've signed a, an agreement. To get them to change that, you've got to go to each one of the 27. There simply isn't time to do that. So the only thing that they can do, in my opinion, is to uh, 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 get a complete change of heart and withdraw Article 50. I don't know whether that's possible at this late stage. But if they do that, they basically undermine the democratic process in the UK. My goodness me, what a mess. It's and it isn't as though it hasn't been all this way through. 39 months or whatever it is to get this thing sorted and we're no closer to a solution. But that was on the cards and written. So I'm saying this is the easy part of forecasting the fourth quarter. Uh, the second part to that, and obviously going back to the United States, is our friend Donald Trump. Now, only four presidents have ever had impeachment processes against them. So you have to be kind of special to do this. Now, I've read that transcript, and there's no doubt he does ask uh, uh, Zelensky, uh, uh, yeah, or Zelensky uh, 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 to investigate the Bidens. He doesn't go more than that. There's no in indication of what he intended, um, whatever. Yeah, but he's, he's but abusing his executive power in order to further his own political aspirations. It's very simple. Well... Again, if you read the transcript, it was a it was a fairly friendly, well hail fellow, well met uh, 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 agreement between presidents of two different countries, and uh, yeah. But uh, again, if you know Nancy Pelosi, uh, and the the quote I give, I don't know if you remember a book years back called Games People Play by yes. a, a fellow by the name of Eric Byrne. And one of the games that people play is called Now I've Got You, You Bastard. Okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I think Nancy Pelosi is playing that game. The only problem with it is that the other person has to play along. And he's actually saying, get lost. <laughs> I'm not playing your game. Mm. So I predict there will be huge uncertainties uh, and, and Nancy is not going to let go. 
the, the situation can only worsen. So that's on the personal side of Donald Trump. Bring it back to, uh, you know, the deal with China. And it can be on again, off again, on again, off again, as it has been for absolute ages. Do you know that the Mercosur, which is the South American trade bloc, got an agreement with the EU this year after 19 years? I saw that, yeah. And Britain thinks that the EU is going to roll over and allow them to have an elegant Brexit after, with the layers and layers of bureaucracy that are involved in this. It's very fanciful. It's very scary. And I must admit, I have to say, as a, a UK passport holder, very, very depressing. We'll say welcome, welcome to the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm afraid what I've got to go, we but we'll um, come back to South Africa on another day, and we'll discuss this. We'll get a we'll get a, a three way conversation going with somebody else. I'll line someone else up, and we can have a good debate. But thank you very much for your extended time. That's Liston Mainchies. You can get hold of Liston by emailing him Liston at Liston.co.za.